0: something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we felt were the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into K'iche' Mayan traditions. Our versions may not be the myth you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains depictions of violence, dismemberment and murder. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. Shibalanke gawked at the stampede of animals tearing through her grandmother's cornfield. She directed her twin brother, Hunapu, to cut off the jaguars. Demigods or not, things in the field were quickly getting out of hand. Since their victory over seven macaw, the two teens had slowly but surely been working on improving their mystical powers. Their grandmother, Shmukane, warned them that they weren't quite ready to practice on their own. But Shibalanke didn't believe her. She had already learned how to disguise herself like her grandma. Surely summoning animals wouldn't be that hard. It turned out, she was a little too good at it.
1: Sister, I told you we should have listened to grandma.
2: It's a little late for I told you so. Just help me wrangle these things before they trample the cornfield.
1: Grandma's going to kill us.
2: We saved the world. I think we can manage a few tapers.
1: This is more than a few tapers.
0: Hunapu was right. Around them were everything from ocelots to anteaters. They scrambled through the rows of corn, desperately chasing down the stampede. Slowly but surely, the hero twins herded the bigger jungle creatures back into the rainforest. The smaller animals proved to be more difficult. After hours of aggravation, the twins had only one pest to catch. It's one rat. How hard can it be?
1: Apparently pretty hard.
0: On your right. Hunapu jumped through the corn and stopped the last rat. The boy raised his blow dart gun, ready to fire. The rat held up its paws.
3: Wait, don't do it. I know a secret about you.
0: The rat was talking to them. Shibalanke grabbed her brother's arm, stopping him before he could shoot.
2: And what kind of secret do you know, Mr. Rat?
3: I know your father is the great Hun-Hunapu. I know how he died, and I know what your destiny is, Hero Twins. You are going to succeed where he failed.
0: Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today we're beginning the story of the Hero Twins and the Game of Death. It's the K'iche' Mayan myth of two young deities and their quest to defeat the lords of death in the ancient Mayan sport of piz. Join Hunapu and Shibalanke as they play a game of life and death with cosmic consequences. Coming up, the hero twins set off for the underworld. There's a new class of blockbuster drugs. Drugs like
3: Ozempic.
0: The story of the Hero Twins and the Game of Death comes from a text called the Popol Vuh. This book of K'iche' Mayan myths was written in the 16th century and is considered the greatest collection of pre-colonial folklore in Central America. The Popol Vuh not only survives as a creation myth, but also acts as a history of the Mayan people. The hero twins are the main protagonists in much of the book. They're the grandchildren of Shpiakok and Shmukane, the creators of human beings. The twins' father, a god named Hun Hunapu, had been summoned by the Shibalbins, the lords of death, to play one of the oldest sports in the world, peats. However, the Shibalbans defeated Hun Hunapu, and he lost his head. Peets was a pre-colonial Mesoamerican ball game that was played across Central America. Dating back to the pre-classical period, which lasted from 2500 to 100 BCE, the game was played on a long, I-shaped court surrounded by high, banked walls. Teams of two would attempt to keep a rubber ball weighing as much as seven pounds in constant motion using their elbows, hips, and knees. Scoring varied depending on the region, but the ball game was a particularly important aspect of Mayan culture, and the stakes of the game were high. Rival groups sometimes played the game in lieu of all-out war, with the winner receiving the spoils. The losers faced a far different outcome. Whether the participant was a soldier, an enslaved person, or the hero twins themselves, their fate would be the same. Death. Death. Shibalanke stood in the middle of the cornfield next to Hunapu. Neither could believe their ears. This rat knew what their destiny held? Not even their grandmother knew such things, and she had created humanity. What's more, he claimed he knew of their father. Shibalanke had never met anyone else who knew Hun Hunapu. He died before they were born, and he was rarely spoken of in their household. Shmukane, their grandmother, only referred to him in passing as a noble warrior. But Shibalanke knew nothing about him personally, whether he was brave like Hunapu or clever like her. What his voice sounded like, what made him laugh. She didn't even know how he died. Hunapu snatched the rat from the ground and held it close to his face.
1: What do you know about our father?
0: Have you ever wondered
3: exactly why your grandmother has forbidden you from playing the game of Pete's? Even the lowest ranking humans are allowed to participate in the sacred game, but not the hero twins.
1: Grandmother says it's dangerous.
3: More dangerous than facing off against seven Makana's sons? The deadliest family in the rainforest?
0: Shibalanke's eyes were as wide as dinner plates. She had to admit her grandmother's logic didn't make sense. What was it about Pete's that she hated so? Shibalanke snatched the rat from Hunapu's hand. You said you had a secret to tell us. Spill it. I watched
3: your father and your uncle, Vukub Hunapu, play their final game of Pete's. It was the last thing they did before they entered the underworld, never to return.
2: (gasps) The underworld? You mean Shibalba? What do the lords of death have to do with my father? Is he still there?
3: I've already said too much, but his equipment might provide a clue. It's still back at your grandmother's house. If you take me, I could show you where.
0: Shibalanke looked to her brother. He was just as blindsided as her. One look and she knew what he was thinking. Any clue that might reveal what happened to their father was worth knowing. Shibalanke and Hunapu had been waiting their entire lives to learn the story of Hun Hunapu. Shibalanke shoved the rat into her pouch. The twins sprinted from the cornfield back to their grandmother's house. Shibalanke's stomach twisted into a knot as she ran through the jungle. The Shibalbans were the most powerful deities of the underworld, infamous for their cold indifference toward the living and their active malice towards the gods. Whatever business her father had with them couldn't have been good. They cut through the thick vegetation of the rainforest like twin blades. Finally, Shibalanke burst out of the trees right behind her brother and into the clearing by their grandmother's house.
1: No sign of Grandma.
0: I bet she's still at the stream collecting
2: water. Come on, let's go.
0: The coast clear, Shibalanke and Hunapu sprinted into the house. Inside, Shibalanke pulled the rat from her pouch and held him up by the tail.
2: Now, where exactly is our father's equipment? Up there, hidden in the
3: rafters. All you have to do is let me go and I'll grab it for you.
0: Okay. Shibalanke and her brother watched as the rat scurried across the floor toward the support beam that held up the far wall. The rat instantly darted up the side of the house and into the rafters. Shibalanke didn't dare blink. She didn't want to miss a second. The rat leapt from rafter to rafter overhead, running for the northern corner. Shibalanke knew the loft up there was full of junk, old pots, pans, farming equipment, and a few sacks of old clothes. Or at least, that's what their grandmother had told them. The rat jumped onto one of the sacks wedged in the very top corner of the loft. It didn't look like much, but the rat eagerly chomped down onto the rope that held up the bag and gnawed. A moment later, the sack fell from the rafters and plopped down onto the wooden floor. Shibalanke and Hunapu ran over and untied it.
2: Of the heavens! The rat was telling the truth! Pads, hip guards, a ball.
1: This isn't just father's stuff. There's two sets of everything in here. It must be our uncle's equipment, too. Why didn't Grandma ever tell us about this?
2: I don't know. But if this was the last thing our father did before he died, are you thinking what I'm thinking?
1: Grandma would kill us.
2: I'm tired of living with this mystery. Maybe playing this game is the closest we can ever get to father.
0: Shibalanke's lips turned up in a mischievous grin. She picked up the heavy rubber ball and tossed it at Hunapu's head. Hey! Hunapu threw his hands up just in time to catch the ball. Shibalanke watched as the color drained from her brother's face. He shook his head. But grandma.
2: I don't see grandma around, do you? It's a half day's
0: walk to the stream. Don't you want to know what happened to him? Shibalanke inched closer to her brother. She playfully poked him in the arm, egging him on. Her brother twirled the ball in his hand. <sighs> All right. Shibalanke wasted no time. She snatched the ball from her brother's hands and sprinted out of the house.
2: Last one to the court is a smelly capybara.
0: Shibalanke could hear her brother right on her heels. She wasn't going to let him outpace her this time. She knew where she was going, the old Pete's court in front of the ancient stone-stepped pyramid. No one ever used this court. It was reserved for the deities, and Shmukane's orders had kept the twins from playing. Shibalanke's skin tingled as the court came into sight. She couldn't wait to try. She ran between the two 20-foot stone walls, brilliantly decorated in vibrant colors. The court was long and narrow, with a half-court line running from one wall to the other. She sprinted toward the far side and held the ball up in the air.
2: A point if it hits the ground. Or do you want to challenge yourself?
1: You mean we only score if it goes through the hoop? Deal.
0: Hunapu pointed at the hollow stone circles that jutted out from the top of each wall, right above the half court line. He grinned at his sister. It was time to play. Shibalanke and Hunapu bounced the ball back and forth to each other, using every body part but their hands and feet. Both launched shots at the stone hoops that hung off the tops of the walls, but neither could score a point against the other.
2: Seems like you're having trouble. Are you sure we have the same dad?
1: You watch. I'll show you.
0: Playing the game made Shibalanke feel closer to her father. Every tap of the ball and sharp pivot on the clay made her feel one with his spirit. Shibalanke bounced the ball to her brother. He swung his hip out and, with just the right amount of spin, managed to knock the ball straight toward the hoop and through the center. It was a perfect shot.
2: Ah.
1: Beat me! (laughs) Now, who's the smelly capybara?
0: Suddenly, the ground beneath them began to shake. The tops of the stone walls cracked. Small pieces of rubble broke off and tumbled to the ground. A jagged fissure formed across the middle of the court. Shibalanke looked around for the cause. She assumed it was an earthquake, but the nearby volcano didn't rumble, nor were the treetops swaying. Outside of the court, nothing moved. Smoke billowed out of the crack. This wasn't an earthquake. This was something else. Shibalanke could see a shape crawling its way towards the surface. Something from the very depths of the underworld.
2: Maybe this was why
0: Grandma didn't want us playing. Coming up, the Hero Twins must face their destiny.
4: Put yourself in the shoes of a real-life detective. Imagine examining the crime scene, gathering evidence and interviewing witnesses, feeling the pressure mount as you race against time to catch a criminal. Each week on Scotland Yard Confidential, the new Spotify original from Parkcast, we enter the minds of some of the greatest detectives in history, following in their footsteps as they hunt down suspects and solve seemingly impossible cases. Like the scandalous murder of singer Cora Crippen in 1910, whose body was found in her cellar shortly after her husband skipped town. Or the daring Hatton Garden heist of 2015, when a gang of elderly thieves made off with a haul worth millions. And the cryptic notes found at a murder scene during the First World War. Was it a clue or a red herring designed to throw investigators off? Scotland Yard Confidential is a Spotify original from Parcast made in partnership with Noiser, airing episodes weekly starting May 19th. Follow and listen to Scotland Yard Confidential for free on Spotify.
0: Now back to the story. Shibalanke stared in awe as the ground opened up beneath them and the high banked walls of the court cracked. Hunapu dropped the rubber ball from his hands, his face frozen in shock. Shibalanke rushed to her brother's side and wrapped her arm around him, waiting for the shaking to end. Gradually, the fissure stopped growing. The walls settled back in place. Thick black smoke billowed from the broken court. The smell of sulfur hung heavy in the air. Suddenly, from within the smoky haze, a gravelly voice called out,
3: I thought you earth dwellers knew better than to play on this holy court.
0: (laughs) The smoke thinned, and the first thing the twins saw were two long, gray wings. A giant, spectacled owl, nearly the size of the twins, emerged from the crevice and hovered above them. The owl furrowed its bushy, white eyebrows and glared at the two twins with yellow eyes. You two look familiar. Do I
1: know you? No.
0: We did kill a
1: giant macaw, but I would remember if we met a giant owl. (laughs) Oh, my dear. I only look like an owl.
3: I am a servant of Shibalba and you don't appear to appreciate the gravity of your actions.
2: What do the Lords of Death have to do with this court?
3: This court belongs to the Lords, and you did not have their permission to play. You have one day to get your affairs in order and enter the Underworld. They will expect you this time tomorrow. If you want to play Pete's,
0: you could play with them. The owl flapped his wings and circled over the heads of the twins. Without another word, he disappeared into the fissure. The smoke cleared from the playing field. Shibalanke gawked at the hole in the ground. Her mind raced as it processed what they had just seen, suddenly very afraid of what her destiny might entail. Her confidence always stemmed from her belief that she was bound for greatness. But now, the thought of entering the Underworld filled her with a new dread. What if, like her father, she went to the Underworld and never returned?
2: That's the connection. Our dad played the game, upset the Shibalbans, and then they killed him.
0: What should
1: we do?
2: Well, I don't think they'll take no for an answer. But I think I know how we can trick them.
0: In a rage, Hunapu kicked the hard rubber ball. Shibalanke jumped, startled by her brother's sudden outburst. She had never seen him lash out like that before.
1: Not everything is solved with tricks and schemes. These are the Shibalbin, the Lords of Death. If we have angered them, then there is no escape. We must confront them just like our father did. There's always an escape with the right plan. This ball game versus the Lords of Death? This is our destiny. We can avenge our father. Brother,
2: even with our new powers, we're no match for the Shibalbans. They're bigger, stronger. They're as ancient as grandmother.
1: If we walk away from this, if we never face them, we will never reach our potential. We'll be marked by shame. The rest of our lives will be chasing rats from the corn.
2: You're right. The ballgame won't be the hardest part, though.
0: The chirping birds, croaking frogs, and howling monkeys of the jungle provided the backdrop for their walk back home. Neither spoke. Shibalanke stared at the ground, unsure of how to break the news to their grandmother. Descending into the underworld was something even the most experienced gods refused to do. Lost in a daze, Shibalanke jumped as Hunapu lightly tapped her arm.
1: Uh, sister, you might want to look up.
0: Shibalanke stared at the edge of the clearing. Her heart skipped a beat. Standing where the forest trail met their land was Shmukane. Their grandmother held the empty bag that had contained the equipment for Pete's.
2: How could you? I forbid you two from playing this game. You willfully disobeyed me. You don't understand. We must avenge our father's murder. This game is your destiny. Did you think I didn't know that? I knew the Lords of Death would come for you. Now you have to play their game by their rules. And the Shibalbans do not play fair. Your father wasn't murdered by the Shibalbans, he lost to them. In Pete's, there are no winners and losers, there are only the living and the dead.
0: Shibalanke felt herself grow faint. She hadn't considered that her father's death wasn't foul play at all, but that it was the normal consequence for losing a game. Shmukane walked toward Shibalanke. Tears fell from her eyes as she ran her hand across the hip pads that lined Shibalanke's torso. You wear the equipment well.
2: Your father was so powerful and so sure of his own strength that he didn't see how foolish it was to answer the challenge of the lords of death. It will break my heart to see
0: you beheaded like he was. Shibalanke stole a glance at Hunapu. She saw her twin brother's nostrils flared in anger. Whatever fear she felt, Hunapu only seemed more determined.
1: I won't let that happen. We will beat the Shibalbans. They might have defeated our father, but they won't defeat the Hero Twins. I won't allow it.
2: Do they know that you are the children of Hun Hunapu? I don't think so. That's something. They might underestimate you.
1: I want to do this. We have to avenge our father.
2: I couldn't stop him from going. And I see. I can't stop you either. Then it's time I finish your training. Come, we don't have long.
0: Shibalanke and her brother followed their grandmother back toward the house. Shibalanke did her best to hang on Shmukane's every word as she told them everything she knew about the game. The gods of the
2: underworld are confident in their own powers. After all, they reign over death, but they are terribly short sighted. Misdirection is a key
0: strategy when it comes to the Shibalbans. Shibalanke nodded along. This morning, she was certain she was destined for greatness. Now, she wasn't quite as sure. Shibalanke looked at her brother. Kunapu couldn't have looked more sure, listening to their grandmother with unwavering concentration. His steadfastness reassured Shibalanke. If her brother was so confident, she would have to be too. Day turned to night. Shmukane refused to let the children sleep. There was no time for that now. For hours after the sun went down, their lessons continued. An endless array of tricks and magic. Now, in the Underworld,
2: there is a time to fight and a time to hide. I'm ready to fight. I know you are, but you two need to be prepared to do
0: both. Now, pay attention. Shmukhané held out her hands to her side. The wind whipped around her like a tiny tornado. She raised her hands high over her head. The woman took in a long, deep breath. Suddenly, she brought her hands down toward her chest, and she shrank down to the size of an ant.
1: Grandma! How did you do this?
0: Their minuscule grandma scurried across the field. In a flash, she shot back up to her full size. Shmukane smiled she pointed toward Hunapu's blowgun. Your blowgun can be used for both fighting and as a shelter to hide in, if you can master this trick. Hunapu rattled off a series of questions for his grandmother, but Shibalanke didn't hear them. Her eyes were on the horizon. It was growing late.
2: The sun is over the volcano. If we are to make it to the underworld in time, we need to go. It nearly drove me mad when your father and uncle left. The worst part was not knowing. If only there was some way I could know if you two were all right. What if we plant two ears of corn right here in the front yard? Well, bless them. One will be me and the other will be Hunapu. As long as they live, you will know that we are alive.
0: A lovely idea, Shebelanke.
2: Quickly now, there is not much time.
0: Shibalongké and her twin each took an ear of corn from the field and replanted it right in front of Shmukane's window. The sun was high overhead now. There was no more time to spare. Shibalongké and Hunapu turned toward the path and headed to the underworld. Their destiny awaited. Coming up, the Hero Twins face off with the Lords of Death. Now back to the story. The Lords of the Mayan Underworld had invited the Hero Twins to play Pete's, the game that killed their father and uncle, and now they stood at the mouth of the fissure at the precipice of their fate.
1: Are you ready, sister?
0: As ready as I'll ever be.
1: Let's go avenge father.
0: Shibalanke watched as her brother climbed down the long, jagged steps into the underworld. The top of his head disappeared beneath the floor of the Pete's Court. Shibalanke took one last look around at the earthly realm. She sucked in a deep breath of clean air and followed her brother down. For once in her life, cleverness alone wasn't going to save her. Shibalanke quickly caught up to her brother. The two walked down and down and down, the stone walkway carrying them into the cavernous underworld. Slowly, the light of the earthly realm faded away. Finally, the twins reached the bottom. Gnarled torches lined the road to their left and right. The rocks of the underground caves were black as coal. Shibalanke could hear whispers all around her, gravelly voices speaking their names with curiosity and wonder. The underworld was filled with the souls of the dead, It wasn't every day the living came to visit. Shibalanke got the sense that most, like her father, never returned. Do you smell that?
1: It smells like a dead dog.
0: Up ahead, the sound of rushing water echoed through the cavern. They were approaching an underground river. Shibalanke could just make out two rotten posts holding a bridge across the current. Shibalanke inched toward the bridge and stared down. The smell was a hundred times worse.
2: Uh, it's the river.
0: Is it yellow? The river was clumpy and viscous. It flowed more like lava than water. Suddenly, the putrid smell made sense.
2: <laughs> mm, that's not water. That's pus. Let’s <coughs> Let's get out of here.
0: The two sprinted across the bridge, the boards cracking beneath their feet. Shibalanke could practically hear the bridge’s ropes fraying with each step, but she had to push forward. Suddenly, one of the ropes snapped. The bridge jerked to the side. In a moment, the whole thing would give way. Shibalanke grabbed her brother’s hand. I am!
2: Timed!
0: The two leapt for safety. They were just in time. In an instant, the bridge collapsed behind the twins. Shibalanke gasped as she watched it tumble into the putrid river below. Even if they wanted to, there was no going back now. Hunapu led on. Clearly, Shibalanke's brother wasn't about to be scared away. It was always Shibalanke's instinct to outsmart and outmaneuver. If it were up to her, they'd be finding a clever place to hide right about now. She was glad Hunapu was here to hold her steady. Soon, they came to another river. This one actually was made of water, but something moved in the riverbed.
1: Scorpions! It's teeming with scorpions!
0: Giant chitinous bugs with claws the size of the twins leapt from the river, lunging toward the bridge as they passed. But Shibalanke kept moving forward, not daring to look. If she was going to face the lords of death, she couldn't be rattled by bugs. Up ahead, the cave opened up into a massive cavern.
1: It looks like an entire underground village. They've even got a temple. Built to honor themselves, no doubt. Those houses look like they're made from coal. Who could have made such a thing?
2: The souls of the dead. If we don't win this game, that'll be us. So focus.
0: Above her, something screeched. They looked up to see a familiar shape, a giant gray owl turning lazily overhead. They were close. The twins followed behind the bird as it flew above the bridge in front of them. This one wasn't nearly as decrepit as the other two. It was made of sturdy black rock with ornate pillars on either end. Shibalanke looked over the edge as the twins crossed. Far below them, a dark red river of blood flowed. As they reached the end of the final bridge to Shibalba, Shibalanke pushed all her doubts and fears as deep inside her as she could. There was no time for that now. They had arrived. Giant stone houses surrounded a beautiful tropical garden. Crows and owls swirled overhead. On the far side of the garden, a towering temple made of black rock rose higher than any mountain Chibilanque had seen in the earthly realm. In front of it, high above the twins, several thrones sat in a straight line. They looked out over an ornately decorated court. The twins stepped onto the Pete's court. The walls towered over them as they walked toward the thrones.
1: Do you see how high up their rings are? Can we even get a
0: ball up there? We're about to find out. The twins stopped at the end of the court. There, thrones made of coal loomed over the playing field, and upon those thrones sat godly figures. The Shibalbans were hulking, massive beasts. Two had skin as sickly yellow as the river of pus. Two had glistening, dark red flesh. It appeared they were made of pure blood. Another was made of rock and mud but in the center sat two that were bigger than the rest. Their ochre-colored skin made them appear almost human, but their armor of white bone was far more horrific than anything the twins had seen before. Hunapu dropped their ball on the ground and stared defiantly up at the lords of death. The one in the center leaned forward and sneered.
5: Hmm. You are much smaller than I expected.
1: Don't let our stature fool you. We've slain more fearsome foes than you, whoever you are. <laughs> A brave little boy, aren't you? I am Hunkane, Lord of Death. Pleased to meet you. But we didn't come all this way for pleasantries, we're here to play.
5: I like you, (laughs) you remind me of another visitor we had ages ago. He wasn't nearly as brave after we killed him.
0: Hunkane nodded toward a pike that sat at the end of the row of thrones, a skull stuck to the top.
5: We have never lost a game of Pete's and we don't plan on starting now.
0: Shibalanke's heart sank. She knew it had to be the head of her father. Enraged, she stepped forward. She refused to let that be her own fate.
2: Enough talk. Let's play.
5: Of course. But not with that silly rubber ball you two have. Let's use ours.
0: Shibalanke's heart sank as Hunkane picked up a round object from next to his throne and rolled it to her feet. She gulped down her fear as it came to a stop. It wasn't a ball at all. You want us to play Pete's with a skull?
5: It is our court. I think we should get to decide on what ball we use.
2: It won't make a difference. Either way, we'll defeat you.
5: Excellent. (laughs) Vukub Kane, are you ready?
0: Hunkane and Vukub Kane, the bone armored ones, rose from their thrones. Hunkane leaned down, snatched the skull like ball from the ground, and marched toward the ball court. The twins followed behind the giant gods of the underworld and squared off with them across the half court. Hunkane raised the skull in his hand.
5: Shall we begin? Ready.
0: Let's go! Kané smacked the skull towards the hero twins. The skull spun towards Shibalanke. She turned her hip, ready to return the serve. But right before the ball reached her, a tiny, bony arm extended from the skull. It wasn't a ball at all. It was a living creature. Tiny fires lit inside the skull's eye sockets. It shrieked as it flew through the air like a lightning bolt. A small, shiny object clutched in its hand.
2: Ah, It's got a knife!
0: The Game of Death was on. (laughs) Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with the thrilling conclusion of The Hero Twins and the Game of Death, You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from ParCast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday we dive into another dark classic fable. We'll be back on Thursday with another epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from ParCast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Jesse Harris, with writing assistance by Molly Quinlan and Robert Teamstra, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Tiana Camacho, Joe Hernandez, and Kai Jordan. I'm Vanessa Richardson.
4: Scotland Yard Confidential is the new Spotify original from Parkcast. Enter the minds of some of the greatest detectives in history as they crack seemingly impossible cases. Join us for episodes airing weekly starting May 19th. Follow and listen for free on Spotify.